Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your Bittersweet Moment. Now, on Monday, we talked about traveling when we were kids. And then at the very end of that episode, we got into the games that we played while we were traveling. Today, we're going to look a little bit more at games. Robert Fulgham is the author of eight books, his most famous perhaps being Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. But if you've listened to this show, you know that my very favorite of his books is a fiction book called Third Wish. It's a five-volume fiction adventure about three people and their travels all over the world as they follow their curiosity to find fun and knowledge everywhere that they go. And over the years, Robert has become a friend of mine, and he's taught me a lot about playing games and about imagination. We once went out to dinner pretending to be two different characters and didn't drop character the entire time. He's particularly interested in infinite games. Here's a clip of him explaining what those are from an interview we did years ago. There are two kinds of games. There's a guy named Cars who thought this too. They're finite and infinite games. And the infinite games are the ones that, where you play with the rules, and it's about creativity and imagination. It doesn't have an ending. It doesn't have a time frame. It doesn't have rules that can't be adjusted as things go along. And the purpose of the game game is to expand imagination, to add a quality of, to, of delight to the serious business of the world, to exercise, as it were, the creative side of one's mind. And so um, what's the limit of this? I don't know. But we, we go about the world very seriously most of the time. And it's easier if it's a little more lighthearted. I often say that the pessimist may be right about ultimately the things are all going in this, but the optimist has a better ride. So infinite games are not games that you can win, but games that get you and your friends together to imagine. It's sort of like improv, a yes and game if you've ever done improv. We played an example of such a game once back on the radio when I was a senior producer at Public Radio. And I thought we'd take a listen back and maybe you'll be inspired to try this out with your friends and family later tonight or this week. This is a game where you have to build off the other players you're playing with and end your turn asking a question to somebody else that they'll answer. That's what makes it infinite. So I played this game with Robert Fulgham and the host of my show on KOW Public Radio, Steve Share and the listeners. And it's basically like you start somewhere and see where your imagination takes you. And we started with the question, where did you go on your summer vacation? And Robert answered, well, I was in Wawakrona. And from there, we explored the traditions of this imaginary place, Wawakrona. Do you know any Wawakrona jokes? I've only heard the one. Back in the, I don't know, you know this now, but back in the 30s, there was a famous Wawa Cronin comedian. He was, um, oftentimes, he was filmed black and white, and then he would be displayed on these large screens on the side of Wawa Cronin uh, Customs House. Yes. The main Wawa Cronin joke there was a sort of a limited pratfall where he'd start to fall and he'd end up in a chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wawa Cronin's found that very funny. Now, did you ever see that joke? There, I saw a lot of people sitting in chairs and looking <laughs> as if they fell down. But the the joke that I bring back, and I wonder if any of your listeners have heard any others, the third most ugly woman in uh, Wawa Cronin is so ugly, they say, that five chickens could stand on the end of her nose. Someone asked if that wasn't an exaggeration, and the Wawa Cronin response is, well, five 
four of them stood on their nose, and the fifth one was standing on one leg. The Wakundas think this is very funny, don't you? I think that is very funny, as a matter of fact. Yes. Katie, I was wondering if you had anything to add in terms of the jokes. Well, just hearing that joke, I think that that my old (laughs) uncle, uh, my redheaded uncle, Steve, who seems like he's named after you, but he wasn't at all, who moved to Wawa Corona might have invented that joke. Did you run into Steve while you were there, Robert? He was the, That was the name of the, the uh, guy in the restaurant who was jumping around playing the tambourine. And I think he has a relative in the Czech Republic who's named Simmerman. And uh, he, of course, uh, has a relative here. And it could be one of your relatives. Have you met any of your own relatives here, the red-headed ones? <laughs> I do have a red, red-headed relative here, though I'm not sure how he's connected to me, who collects wishbones and uh, small figurines. But I'm not sure if he's related to the Wawa Krona red-headed Steve. Do you know that? I do not believe he is, because from my understanding, the Wawa Cronin red-headed Steve that you're talking about he had no children. One of the games that the Wawa Cronins play a lot has to do with tails, T-A-I-L-S, not tails, because all Wawa Cronins have tails. Now, you don't see them because these are not things that you would show in public like other parts of our anatomy. I would imagine not. But in private, they talk about their tails, and they're, you know, for example, there's tail jewelry, there's there's piercings, and uh, uh, their big rage right now is tattooing parts of the tail. I don't mean to embarrass you on the air, but do you have a tail? Not being a Wawa Cronin, sir, uh, it's not something I talk about. I can't talk about that. Did you have a tail? Yes. Oh, yeah. You have a tail. I'm wearing one now. I can stand up and show it to you, um, but it's round. And um, I actually was just at the barbershop yesterday to have it shaved uh, just so it really looks good because shaving things is in these days, as you know. Suppose we could provide you with a tail. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to have a tail? Yes. Prehensile? Well, yes, I would like to have a prehensile tail. If I had a tail, yes, I would like it to be prehensile. I would not tattoo it, and I don't know that I'd shave it, but I would groom it. Uh, Would you groom yours? Oh, I do, every day. Uh, I mean, I have a special tail wash for it. And uh, you know those things that you've seen where you I'm sorry, you have a special tail wash for your tail? Yeah, and there's undertail deodorant. I mean, (laughs) these things are all out there. We just don't talk about them a lot. You've seen those things that you put your foot in and you shine your shoes? Yes. There's a tail polisher that's like that. That's in. (laughs) I have one. uh, And you've never seen one? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have seen one only when I was doing my research on Wawa Cronia. I saw this object. How would I have known it was a tail polisher? Well, you'd have to stick your backside into it and see what <laughs> happened. And then you'd, you'd know that your tail was polished or it was not. It's a feeling that you have. Anna, Anna's stepping up. Anna, have you been to Wawa Crona? have been, as a matter of fact. I'm really quite intrigued that you have come up with one of the most, I'd say it's a very evocative place to go, but the tails is what really got me. I happen to be a doctor, and I've been privileged enough to take care of quite a few Wawakronians, and you're right, that's a well-kept secret. What uh, complaints do they have about their tails? Well, again, as you said, it is kind of a more private part of the body and uh, something that people can feel very proud of. What I was interested in was tail supports. I don't know if you have run into tail garters, um, bras, but but there is actually a small cottage industry in that. You get the idea. I used to love doing call-in radio, 
and a large part of why I liked it so much was how willing callers like Anna were to imagine things with us. So, what do you say? We're not live, but maybe you're now inspired to do a little imagining with your friends this week. And remember, too, we'd love to do a whole show about your favorite travel games. So if you have games that you'd love to play while traveling with kids or with adults, send us your ideas by email or voice memo. You can write to bittersweetlife at mail.com, or you can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for the Bittersweet Life podcast. And until next time, thank you so much for playing along, and thank you to my friends Steve Share and Robert Fulgham. This is The Bittersweet Life. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>